Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, welcome to Reality TV Rehap-Ups for Episode 5 of Season 9 of The Amazing Race Canada. My name is Jessica Lees and I'm ready to break down all of the things that happened on this eventful British Columbia leg of The Amazing Race Canada. But guess what? They're all British Columbia legs now forever. We're just going to rename it Amazing Race British Columbia. And of course, with me as always is a guy I like a whole lot better than three-hour-old tacos from the back of my car, Dan Heaton. Oh well, thank you, Jess. Well, I have um, I have a card to read for you about your future. Oh no, wait, we have to wait till tomorrow at seven a.m. So you can't you can't learn it now. We have to wait. I hate it when I have to wait until the future to know my future. <laughs> your future shows stability, or a tough decision that may come back to haunt you. Yeah, you you know what I thought was was kind of hilarious about that whole tarot card situation, Dan. I thought it was hilarious that the tarot card reader appeared to be going into great detail with some of the teams and less so with others. I mean, I'm sure she had a finite amount of time with all of them, Yeah. but some of them, she seemed to have a way more to say about their future. <laughs> I would be insulted if she didn't have a lot for me. It's like, yeah. Um, I don't want to tell you, you know, one of the teams was like, they're worried about death. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is getting serious. Jess. This is, I hope nothing happens on the race. I'm getting nervous. Oh, it it is like the classic tarot card trope. Like anybody, anybody that's ever brought out a deck of tarot cards at a slumber party knows that the death card just means upheaval and change. That is true. Now, I didn't mean to jump on the headline, Jess, which is only one task involving a sponsor that I can notice. Only one. What is going on? Yeah, it was impressive. We kind of... um we really curtailed the sponsorship this week. Although, Dan, I have the most exciting news. Yes, um, please tell me. Amazon Fresh down here in the United States was able to procure for me a can of Guru Energy Drink. And it is sitting in my fridge right now. We we record this podcast at about 10 p.m. Eastern Time, the day after The Amazing Race Canada airs. So I will not be testing it on the air because... Nobody needs to be drinking energy drinks at 10 p.m., but it's there when I want it. And I will report back on how I feel about it. Did you get the original flavor? Because like you see these like, you know, they had the Guru Brewmaster. There's like 100 flavors of this thing. There were so many. Yeah, I did not get any any special edition Guru. I got the regular old. There were two flavors you could get from Amazon, and those flavors were regular and organic so we shall see what they taste like um i got i believe i got the organic because we fancy but um i don't honestly remember i just put one in my cart because it was because i figured 
it was going to be $2.50 worth of entertaining just to oh, own yes. it. I mean, yeah. same with you, I'm sure. <laughs> I did that last year, you know, and it was worth it, of course. And, you know, you know, if you get that good energy, like next week or something, you just take it like a few hours before the podcast and wow, it, there's going to be so much good energy on this podcast. Yeah, there'll be so much good energy for like three days. And <laughs> I'm a person that needs my sleep. So we'll yeah, save that. A good for, idea. Yeah, we'll save it for first thing in the morning. <laughs> Definitely a fizzy caffeinated drinks in the morning kind of gal. Um, but anyway, yeah, let's talk a little bit about um, we're in Euclid, which is a fun one to pronounce. And we get to go to the Hotel Z, which looks like a funky place. If I was going to Euclid, I'd probably try to stay there, like just for Amazing Race Lulls. But, you know, what hotel doesn't have an in-house psychic? It's pretty amazing. All of them do. You know, it's just it's common. You know, you check in and they're like, go see the psychic. Or, OK, OK, I'll do that. Um, then go to your room. That is how cool hotels work. Yeah. I mean, I've stayed in some of those like funky boutique hotel situations. Don't think I've ever been in one that went to the lengths of having their own in-house psychic, but some of them have had other weird gimmicks. Like Dan, what's the weirdest gimmick in a hotel that you've stayed in? Oh, I don't know. Because, you know, as you know, Jess, I have stayed at a lot of theme park nearby Mm -hmm. adjacent hotels. So I'm um, asking you. I don't know if there's any weird gimmick. I just keep thinking about the ones like when I was in Europe where like the gimmick was, oh, there's no shower or, oh, the bed is the whole room or those kinds of things. <laughs> or, you know, I haven't thought of, oh, you know, or Japan with the weird toilets. You know, I haven't thought of like, um, I'm just throwing out tropes now. This is great. This is very nice. Dan. But now I can't think of anything too weird because, again, my my mind just goes to like, Oh, I stayed at those 12 different Disney resorts. I don't think I've stayed at that many. But, you know, you get the idea. It's a little more skewed that way. But um, I don't know. I My guess is, Jess, you as the world traveler that you are have probably stayed in so many different types of places than me who, um, you know, I don't know what I can say. Oh, wow. That Holiday Inn Express we were in on our drive down to Florida was amazing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I do try to stay in the funky hotels if we have the choice and we're not traveling with a child. I'll I'll give props to the Stay Pineapple chain. There's a bunch of them all around the U.S. We stayed at one in Seattle and they really leaned into the funky boutique hotel of it all. And the gimmick that they really got us on was their mascot is this little dog. And so in every room, when you check in, you get into the room and there is a stuffed animal of the dog sitting on the bed. And it's like you squeeze it and it barks and it's wearing like a little state pineapple logo hat. And if you want to take it home with you, it costs $25. Oh, and wow. It's like a mini bar. <laughs> yeah, it's like a bar. And of course, if you have a child with you, your chances of getting out of that hotel room without that dog are pretty much zero. So we ended up with the state pineapple dog, um, but we enjoyed like they had a they had a slide puzzle in the elevator, so you could like practice your amazing race skills while you were waiting for your floor. I, I appreciated that one in particular. That's really cool. Yeah, I had not heard of that chain, but um, yeah, with um, even though my daughters are getting older, with my younger daughter, oh yeah, we would be taking even if we already had one. It'd be like yeah, but mm-hmm. then they have a have a buddy and you know everything. So yeah, that would. 
That is brilliant. That is so much harder to resist than the like $8 water bottle or the like $10 mini whatever. I'm probably mini Oreos. Yeah. Yeah. $30, whatever. Like, you know, I could veer off on that, but yeah, I always, I always have that like, wait, no, is that included? No, it's not. But the stuffed animal, I would just assume, oh, they just give you one. That's great. No, no, no. no. It's like, it's like the resort fee. Yeah. I am honestly shocked. Disney is not doing this too. Give them time, Jess. Give them time. They're always on the lookout for new um, magical experiences that the guests can have for um, for an extra money. charge. Yes, for an extra <laughs> charge. That that seems to be what they're going for, especially lately. Well, so now to think about it. So they go and they they go to have their reading, and like I mentioned. But no, first, first, John. I should say there was another sponsorship thing. With the Samsung Galaxy smartwatch, again, I have an Apple watch. I'm sorry, Amazing Race Canada. I don't have to tell you. I could also get a message on that watch, too. But they, they, he gets them a beachfront bonfire, and the, all the teams bond. And um, me, I'm studying what they're showing and saying, what will this indicate about if the team wins or loses? But no, it's just, just a fun moment. People got to talk. I like seeing that for a few minutes just because it does show kind of the bonding among the teams. Yeah, I like to see the teams interacting in a way like, you know, early seasons of U.S. Amazing Race had eat, sleep and mingle. And it was kind of a beloved institution in those early days of the show. People really loved seeing the teams getting along with each other and just kind of enjoying the experience together. So I don't totally miss that because I appreciate, you know, how we've trimmed a lot of the fat off of Amazing Race. But I think the odd moment of socialization really kind of adds an extra angle to what we're understanding about these characters. And I don't mind it every once in a while. I don't need it every episode. And I don't just the same as I don't need to see everybody getting on the bus and riding the bus or going to the airport and jockeying for first place. I think we have learned over time that that's not like you need to show as much as it affects the outcome of the race and not much more than that. Yeah. They've really done a, a job this season where um, even they have the guru sign up board, but like, you know, lately it's just been okay. Teams one through seven, you're going to be on your buses. And this time it all, it didn't really matter except for the order of the tarot cards. It's not like it really mattered. The whole point was just get them to the place. Let's have this nice moment. Let's have kind of the funny tarot card thing. And then let's do another 25 things, basically. Like, I thought we were done. I'm like, Gus, we're not going to have a detour and a roadblock. Oh, no, we had a detour and a roadblock, but we're not going to be there for like 20 minutes because there's just so much. Yeah, it's kind of wild that they had more tasks than typical Amazing Race US leg, and they didn't start doing the tasks for 20 solid minutes. That's pretty wild. So, yeah, we get to, um, we have to go to a party. Like they're they're having a like guru party, which is hilarious. <laughs> the brewmaster had a lot to do there. Yeah, the guru brewmaster. What a job that is. Um, so we, I guess the first thing we do is after we visit the psychic. It's very important. Um, you have to go and get some ice and deliver it to a business. Um, I think maybe the true unsung hero of this episode was the seal. Yes. Um, very cute. Very fun. Uh, I love that 
I love that everybody stopped down for a minute. And again, it's one of those things like this is the first leg all season where I felt like, yeah, I'd really enjoy going there and seeing this. And I feel like I got a sense of what it would be like to visit. Yeah, they did enough different things, too, where like we didn't just go, oh, it's a small town. Let's go walk down the street. Like, I mean, you know, we'll talk about some of the kind of weirdness of the driving around. But in general, they went to a lot of places. And so the ice, yes, getting the ice at first, you know, even they had Ty and Cat who were like, well, we're ready for a physical task. And I'm like, oh, oh, you guys, this is not going to be. Every team was just like, okay, we scooped some ice. Oh, will it be the right amount? Yes. Okay, let's pick it up and do it. And we're done. I mean, it, it does. I don't mind that because the show, again, like we talked about, didn't spend like 25 minutes. It was kind of like, oh, let's do this real quick and um, let's move on and then let's go do the next thing, which is more involved, you know, the kind of sort of not roadblock. But, you know, we did something. We got the ice. Now we got to find the ingredients. And again, you know, it's all kind of all kind of roped together. Yeah. And I like it when they treat it as they don't have to treat everything as a struggle either. Because Amazing Race US might you know, spend some time giving us a little bit of suspense on will they get it right or will they won't or, you know, will they have to go back and do it again? And this time it's just like, this is just a step on the road and everybody, it's like picking up the clue, but you also have to do a thing in front of it. I like when they have to do a thing. Driving to get a clue, not interesting. But doing a thing is cool. But um, but as we're seeing, though, it's kind of interesting. We see um, Tyler and Kayleen with their many skills. Kayleen Apparently, one of her skills, because the next task is that they're going to have to dive in and get three ingredients of a various guru energy drink. You know, not the actual ingredients. They're not going to dive down and get stevia or whatever. They're getting a flag with the name of the ingredient. But Kayleen, apparently, one of the things she does as a commercial diver is she often has to retrieve people's cell phones. So that's interesting. (laughs) You know, that's something apparently it happens all the time. People drop their cell phones in. And she just gets to do it. And that that's kind of fun. She she loves just hanging out in the ocean, on the ocean floor. That's what this was doing. really Kayleen's leg. She really had a good time. Uh, I think, like, honestly, Tyler and Kayleen, sort of background characters until this episode. I feel like they really had their coming out party this week. And starting with Kayleen getting getting what looked like might be five pole potential. But then it turns yeah. out, no, if you're really competent at something, you're going to be good at it. So that was fun. And I liked the little banter between her and the dive instructor. And the dive instructor starts like trying to explain it to her. She's like, I'm a commercial diver. And I got this in school. <laughs> Some of the other teams need a lot more explanation, but not, yes. she's just like, yeah, this is like, um, this is my thing, you know, and just went and did it. But yeah, they, they seem like they've had kind of that slow upward, not just in terms of placement, because they were like second and then they went down, they went up, but this slow trajectory where again, they have that whole like, you know, which we've heard before that like, I, I'm going to put trip, but you know, how slow is, is good, you know, and all that slow is good, my goodness. <laughs> but just in general, they, they have this idea. They can't go super fast because of his legs. And so they have to take it slow. But on the race, that's not always a bad thing because you see they kind of think it through. And even the way they handle, handle things later where it's like, okay, do we use express fast? Do we not? They're very kind of casually zooming in while some of the other teams seem to be for a variety of reasons flailing a little more where this time they, they got into first, but they've been hanging out near the top 
And um, like we, like you mentioned in the first episode, similar to the season one team, where you're just like, they seem to just stay the same. Other teams kind of start to get worse and they just keep moving forward. Yeah, I, I think it's a great story to tell too. Like it, the story of their win, how they started to figure it out over time and got comfortable in race mode, I think would be a really powerful one. Um, but let's also go back a little bit and talk about um, the burgeoning rivalry between Gracie and Lily and Durple. And we get a moment where they realize like iron sharpens iron here. We're the only people without an express pass. We need to team up in order to get past express pass moment. And then at that, after that point, it's game on. I thought that was really surprisingly mature of Durple because I was expecting them to just continue on their merry way of being the try-hard goofballs and fomenting this rivalry because they know it gets them screen time. Yeah, it was. And we saw a little bit of this last week when they helped with the pictures, but then they kind of didn't tell them something. They're like, oh, but then they, you know, I mean, Gracie and Lily beat them in the face-off. And I think it's kind of recognition a little bit from them, which we don't always see with this type of team of like, okay, notwithstanding the episode and how it ends, but this team is strong. We want to work with them. And like you said, we're in a weird situation for next episode where all three teams, nobody's done the usual, oh my gosh, I'm not, I want to win first and use the express pass or, oh my gosh, I'm in fourth and you know we're in the middle. Everyone has been pretty good with their express passes and you have this weird situation with all these teams with express passes where those two teams um look from their perspective are like oh this isn't going to be good we could be in trouble and we're they're basically fighting you know in theory they would have been fighting one of the other teams just to stay in the race yeah it is um i think it shows remarkable self-awareness and then we see in this diving task, like Gracie's having a really tough time, um, but she's able to, you know, she's able to kind of rally because she gets a little bit of help from Derek. Yeah, yeah. And they showed that. And and it wasn't just like kind of cheap help, like do this. It was like he went and got the, the, the flag for he did her. did it for her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is weird because then significantly later they cut back and she still only had one flag. And I was like, oh. Oh gosh. Now I'm assuming that because they could switch. We'll we'll see this with Jermaine and Justin. They could switch. It felt like a roadblock, but it was not. Well, a roadblock later. But essentially, I think maybe they gave them the option to switch because they thought, what if someone really struck? I mean, the show decided it feels like it was a roadblock, and then the show went, somebody's gonna have taken a penalty here. We need to give them the option to switch. But I assume Lily also wasn't a strong swimmer, because if not, they sh- probably should have switched right away. Question for you, Dan. What do you think about the Amazing Race having something similar to an express pass that like something like a tag in? So if you're on a roadblock and one team member is completing the task and cannot do it, you could tag in the other team member. I like it because I feel like, like I noticed it even this episode, even the assist, which you can say the assist, you know, we're not has added a little bit of strategy, kind of going way back to when you had to choose to do the fast forward or not. And I like elements, especially like we've talked about, with the, if you give them to everyone, everyone starts on the same page and gets one, then it's not a, 
oh, one team has this huge edge, it's going to get boring. It's more like there's a strategy of, okay, when do we need to use it? Now, with Jermaine and Justin, they would have used it <laughs> several legs ago right away. But that would have, I mean, yes, they might have removed the penalty. But if the show doesn't like penalties and doesn't, you know, wants to kind of keep it loose, I think, and also I like kind of the tagging idea because you get the wrestling thing. It would have worked great this season if that, if, <laughs> they actually probably would have used it. The wrestlers would have been the first episode. But, um, you know, basically, I like that idea. I know it's not road themed. I don't know if you could call it like the designated driver if you really had. No, I don't know. <laughs> that's not the unfortunate connotation. Think, yeah, I don't think that's the angle we're going for here. <laughs> yeah, I had a few too many gurus. I need someone else to drive. <laughs> trying to think, you know, you just like, you know, okay, I need to go <laughs> sleep in the back. Tag in. The uh, co-pilot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But I like I like the idea of things that don't dramatically change it. Like you give people too much power, then it gets boring and it's like survivor when everyone has advantages or whatever. But I like small things that also too aren't mean and don't, you know, the show kind of likes drama, but they just add an extra layer. Well, then you come up and you especially for podcasting and you go, Oh, are they gonna use this? Should they have used it? Are they gonna use it? Because I was having that thought with the assist. Why not do it with have other things that they can use. Now you don't want to turn it into where they have like a deck of cards. You're like, which one do we want to use? But if you just kind of pick a thing or two and have one thing be a season, it could be good. Yeah. I, I mean, and I think you still have room, even with as many things in play as there are right now, like you and I both agree. What is the best season? What is the best single season of any amazing race across the global franchises? It's Amazing Race Australia season two, right? Yes, that's, that's right. That's the one, yeah. yeah. And that, at the top of every episode, there was something new. It would be like, okay, who's going to get healed in this time? Let's all vote on who's going to get the U-turn. And it was every single episode, they had a little gimmick like that, and they just talked about it like, of course there's a gimmick. And it was still the greatest season of TV. Yeah. And, you know, you don't have to go crazy. You don't have to go Amazing Race Australia season five or six. <laughs> no. Crazy. But you can go a little crazy. It's fine to, especially on Amazing Race Canada, where I think some good game twists can make up for a slight downturn in variety and excitement level of activity. Um, you can mitigate some of the some of the negatives. Um, like they, you know, some of the lackluster tasks and the fact that you have to tack a sponsor onto every single one of them. I love that Desjardins has stepped up and sponsored a twist. Like they should all sponsor twists. Like you don't need, <laughs> you don't need the official Guru Energy sign up board. You don't need to flash your phone, but like make it the Samsung, Ex Samsung Express Pass. Make it the, um, the Chevrolet ZR2 roadblock. That'd like, be a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. Or I don't know. Maybe they. I, I hate that they just call it a pass. That's the dumbest thing. Oh, possible. I know. I could, he doesn't even name. call it a double pass. Like it's too. At least called the. Good. He says the pass. And I'm, oh, come on. It's like you're not even trying, guys. Come on. The pass. The pa actually, we'll get to the pass. To me, the pass is not even trying as far as the show. Really. Yeah, it's but, very low effort. But would it be more exciting if it was the Guru Energy double blind pass? That has a ring to it. Yeah. And while they're waiting, they get to drink a guru. <laughs> He's like, oh, well, I, I may be upset, but at least I have this guru that I can have while I have to wait six hours for Justin and Jermaine to show up or something. 
But in general, yeah, that's the thing where it's like, especially uh, the reason the Amazing Race Canada could do this better than U.S. too, is they have so many tasks. That's why the assist doesn't seem like in the U.S. If they try to do the assist and they only have two tasks, then they'd be like, wow, that's a huge difference. But when there's five or six things, it helps. But like we saw today, it can only do so much, you know, so that's where you don't want something that a team's in first only because of this twist. You want something where it's like two teams are fighting for it or a team's struggling or whatever. And it gets them that little edge because they were smart. Yeah. I had a a photography teacher who used to refer to things that were exactly the right level as a seven because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't acidic. It wasn't basic. It was a seven. And I feel like the Desjardins assist is a seven on many levels. It is the right level visibility. It comes up just the right amount. It adjusts the game just enough. That's a seven. Right. No one has won or lost so far. I mean, I think it may have helped Tyler and Kayleen get first, but there was they were there first. It wasn't like that led them to jump everyone. It just gave him right. he had a hard time. He was leg was falling off. I mean, that sounds much worse than it is. But, you know, just in general, he, that gave help. But yeah, I just, I like, I like that they're trying a few new things here. I thought this episode overall was much better than the last few. But um, I think, I mean, there's still some things to work with, but at least they, it seems like they're moving in the right direction. And I do think having things like the assist and, I mean, the pass was something. <laughs> it's something they added. It well, like last week. Yeah. Last week could have used the pass, but, um, you know, they are they are trying some things, and I think that um, hopefully this episode is kind of a springboard to some more um, more excitement. Yeah, I think the I think this episode is bodes well for the rest of the season for sure. Um, so I think we need to talk about Justin and Jermaine this leg. I feel so bad for Jermaine. Oh my god! And they, I we have seen this before, um, where one partner is very very invested, and the other partner is just kind of along for the ride. But I've never seen it like this. I don't think I've ever actually seen someone on air express the wish to run the race as a solo contestant. <laughs> Did that in Australia for one leg. So yeah, yeah. well that, that literally happened. Like I bet Jermaine <laughs> would be thrilled if somebody got bumped from a flight. <laughs> oh, he was just crying that one commercial break right before the break where he's just crying. And it was part of it is stress. But part of it is, I think just like this mix of he's frustrated but he, he also is torn. I mean, I don't want to, you know, place thoughts on that, but I'm sure he still feels bad. Like he doesn't want to be a jerk to Justin, but no. what do you, I mean, so it's just one of those things where he, but he wants so much to win and he wants to stay at it and he's trying so hard. And right when Justin went in there and started, I was like, Oh no, Oh no. You know where this is going. Luckily they were able to switch, but if it hadn't been for the past, I mean, they're done this leg. There was no coming back. Yeah. They would still be out there. Yeah. But I felt bad though. Yeah. Because he's seems to be, I mean, he seems to be a, a decent racer. He's done pretty well. Any of the tasks he's done, but the most, the biggest difference is the investment and the willingness to kind of fight through tough tasks, which we saw with some of the other teams, even with Gracie, like we mentioned, she struggled, but she kept at it. And that's where these teams are doing. And unfortunately not, to, I don't mean to be too mean to Justin, but at least in terms of the race, he doesn't seem to have that same intensity on it. Yeah. And, you know, we can never tell what is going on with a racer. And I honestly can't say that I wouldn't be the same way. Like, I think it's 
very, it would be very easy to check out at that point. But I love that Jermaine actually had the option to jump in. I think this would have felt deeply unfair if he had not. Yeah. And that, and I'm glad that he, he did that because, you know, you could easily, you could see a case where the person's like, well, I, you know, it's going to take too long or, oh, I don't want to do that. And, but I think partially too, because of what happened two legs ago, he was just like, you know, the way, even the way he did it though, was very good. Like the way he just said, you know, not like, oh, you're doing bad or whatever. Just like, hey, Justin, I'm going to take over and do this. And Justin had this like, thank you. Thank you so much, please. And so I just thought he handled it really well because you, there are plenty of racers that would have made the other racer, um, especially some, you know, couples and stuff, but anyone that just make the other racer feel terrible. And mm -hmm. I don't get the impression he's ever really done that, which that takes some self-restraint, but also you can tell, you know, he, you know, he's his friend. He doesn't want, to, he doesn't want to be mean, but yeah. this has got to be difficult. Yeah. I can only, I can think, I think the fact that they do have such a strong bond is what's really saving this for me. Like imagine if this was one of those teams where it was very clear that they didn't know each other very well and that the amazing race wanted a team of whatever they were, because it would have been very easy to have a drag race team that was just like two drag race contestants with no pre-existing bond. And the fact that the two of them are good friends off of television I think that that shines through and Jermaine's really making the extra effort and he's got to do everything right now. And I think like even the other contestants have noticed this, like he's, he's trying to pull the weight and be a strong competitor, but also like emotionally support his partner who's struggling. It's a really hard thing to do both of those jobs at once. Yeah, I mean, that was the case you mentioned not knowing each other and not not anything bad about them, but Gail and Giselle did not, mm -hmm. from what I saw even in the pre in the interviews, they even said, we don't really know each other very well. We've had Olympians like that that didn't know each other very well and such, where they put them together and they just said, kind of part of the hook is we met, we've known each other for three weeks or whatever. And um, I mean, really, Jermaine's quick thinking and then um, some really fortunate smart play later saved them because Gracie and Lily still you know still made a good effort but the fact that jermaine and justin survived this episode which was not a non-elimination i mean um they were helped but still they still had to do all the tasks after that and um that's it's pretty impressive because a lot of teams they would have just been like um they never each would have been where john would have gone out to the beach and been like you're eliminated basically yeah. yeah and i'm i'm glad this is not where they wound up i i really I felt like they were circling the drain for most of this episode. So it was kind of a surprise to see them still in it. Um, but, you know, not a not an altogether happy surprise, as we will get to, of course. We're moving on. We're going to the blind double pass at the taco stand. Um, taco Fino is a taco great Fino. name. It's a yeah, great I, name I for taco there. place. It looked great. Yeah. I was hungry. Um, and so of course we get some double blind passing. Of course, you know, Durple's going to use the double blind pass because <laughs> it's 30 more seconds of screen time. Doesn't yeah. even matter if it helps them or not. Like, if you're that far out in front, you don't need to use it. Yeah. We get there. Tyler and Kayleen don't use it. Cause they're like, we're in first, but, um, here's the thing. Durple too. If they really, really wanted to use it, um, 
I they weren't. I don't think they cared if Ty and Cat got eliminated. They were just like most teams, even when they're in a rivalry, will think, "Oh, we're going to use this, and they'll get kicked out." But they were just almost thought like, "We're just going to use this to show them that we're cooler than them," which it seemed to be. But the, you know, <laughs> but it was blind. To, they're yeah, not getting credit blind. for it. But then you saw Ty and Cat. They like drove by them laughing. And Ty and Cat like, and even before that, Ty and Cat, I, I've rarely seen it where a team drives up and they're like, "Well, they're going to get us." We know they're going to use it on us. And not like Tide Cat. I'm not sure I've ever seen a team, too. Just be, probably how they've run this whole race. Just be like, yep, they use it on us. They're just like hanging out. Like, yep, yeah. they're kind of funny. We're just, we're going to beat them anyway, <laughs> which they did. Which, um, that approach is serving them very well because they just, they don't get ruffled. Both of them on either one. You really, you see a team that's like, both of them have that same mentality and they're good racers. And Durple doing that, they were just like, I mean, granted, if they were in sixth, maybe it'd be different, but I don't know. They handled it like nothing. I'm getting big winner energy from Ty and Cat. <laughs> I told you when I when I picked them on the team after the first leg, I'm like, I'm not just being results oriented here because they won the first leg. They just look like a team that would win. And I don't mean they look like physically. It's their whole mentality. Yeah, it's, just, it's they've got Jason and Amy energy. Yeah. Nothing ruffles their feathers. <laughs> Um, but basically the, and they just they both get along so well they both don't get um ruffled i keep saying ruffled i'm trying to think of another <laughs> word and also they're good racers and they seemed that we saw this week with gracie and lily with the swimming gracie and lily seemed to be able to do almost anything which wasn't as much this week tiny cat are like yeah we can do that oh do you want us to fly oh we can do that too it's like geez and they picked the right detours so they're doing a lot of things right yeah they're they're also they're very like they're happy to be there they've got a strong story and they are consistently at the front of the pack although you know consistently at the front of the pack obviously means nothing no nope. you get you know if you miss one turn and you don't make it to the taco truck in time you end up getting screwed for the whole race um and i think i think part of the problem is that um Gracie and Lily would have been okay if it had been like, if there'd been even like one other team between them and Jermaine and Justin, because it just knocked them so far back because Jermaine and Justin were so far out of it. Yeah, this is a case where I know I'm being a bit results oriented here with the pass, because I feel like there are plenty of ways this could have been used and teams get a little mad and, and Jermaine and Justin, who I don't want to see get eliminated, but finish last and we move on. And I don't think that much about the pass. And I think it's kind of, you know, okay, that was kind of irritating. But because of how it worked, where they missed the turn, and again, I'm trusting everything with the edit, but according to that, they missed the turn. And then we saw, they saw Devin and Amanda and got really mad and ran after the car. And Devin's like, it wasn't us, it wasn't us. But basically, uh, which I found very entertaining, I'm enjoying them more each leg. I kind of, Devin and Amanda, I don't think we gave enough credit after the first leg. But just in general, it was so close. But that's the thing, though. They were so close where, and here's if they get in front, let's say they even get in front of Ben and Anwar. I don't know if, does anyone use the, to, to, I mean, I guess maybe Ben and Anwar get a little concerned but then if they let's say they see gracie and lily then they're going to be like um let's use it on whoever's behind us which is jermaine and justin oh my gosh that would have been unfortunate but i guess if you use it on the last place team then they probably wait like 15 minutes 
But I bet you Gracie and Lily were waiting for a really long time, which that's where it really hit. Because of the whole idea you have to wait for the next team, that just that element of the task really screwed them because of how far ahead they were. If if it had even been wait for another team up to 30 minutes or something, which I don't know why they would do that, but you know, that idea, they would have been fine. A yield would have been fine. Yeah, this I would prefer a yield in this place. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, honestly, it it smacks of um my, you know, the lowest point in Amazing Race history, the point at which Team Guido gets eliminated from Amazing Race All-Stars. Um, like the, just the way that that leg was designed was basically a perfect storm of things that were going to doom them. And one of those things was having an intersection in the middle of the leg where there were six teams remaining on two different buses, three hours apart. And so three of the teams show up to at the first point and two of the teams team up. The third team is stuck. This yeah. is what that felt like. And, you know, there's no buses like they didn't deliberately plan it that way. I, the race designers had no way of knowing that Jermaine and Justin would be this bad at the race. Yes. <laughs> but it really it was just rotten luck on Gracie and Lily's part, because I think they were really much better racers than this. Um, yeah. It's unfortunate. I I know, you know, they didn't seem to be frustrated. I mean, I'm sure they were frustrated. We didn't really see that. But really, I mean, they had a chance, but it would not, no matter how much Tracy struggled on the diving, she was still much better than Justin. I don't know how far ahead they were. And I don't, like I said, it's a little bit results oriented, but I think the way the pass is set up, it's just something like this was bound to happen with the pass. It's just the way it is. Yeah. I, I, there's really not a way around it. And I, I like the idea of having twists that you can kind of throw in someone's path, like a little shell from Mario Kart. But I don't know that Amazing Race has hit upon the correct one yet. Yeah. Or a name or a good name. We got to change the name, name, if nothing else. Like, yeah. Do something like... <laughs> you already have passes. You have an express pass. Yeah, this is just the pass. So the express pass is good. The pass... It's regular like, pass not even back. really what it is because yeah. it's like you're not i mean i guess you're not passing anyone you're in front of them already you're not passing them you're basically saying this person behind me is stuck and has to wait for someone so it's like you're putting them in a traffic jam or i don't know or i would say roadblock but we already have like gridlock yeah, gridlock is a great yeah. road name yeah you're putting them in a in a box or yeah i mean this in. is that's got like that's got like amazing race energy. I feel like that could be a thing. Yeah. Like, oh my God, they gridlocked us. Yeah. And it's scary too. Like, oh no, we remember what happened to Gracie and Lily on this is the gridlock. Oh, John would just really get into it. You know, I mean, John would, would like somehow they'd show him like hiding behind bars. Like I'm stuck. I can't move. And John <laughs> would be hamming it up. You know, I don't know what bars have to do with gridlock. I'm just thinking, you know, there's a lot of ways to do it, but I feel like, I, I think the show, too, did not intend this to happen. And not this is not the worst, like you mentioned. This is not the worst thing that's ever happened to a team to get eliminated. Because, you know, they did play a role in it by missing the turn and everything. And they did arrive sixth to the board. It wasn't like they arrived early and got messed up. But it's really just too bad. Yeah, it, it's really unfortunate. But I really want to talk about this roadblock because I 
Dan, is this the first thing all season that's been so unique to an area that you really could not see this happen anywhere else? We could talk about it, but you realize the roadblock is after the detour. You know that if we're going to talk about oh, the roadblock. Christ, you're right. I'm so out of order right now. We got to talk about the detour because, Dan, you and I did some research on this. So yes. we didn't see very much kelp. I was disappointed at the lack of kelp that we got to see on this because that was also something I feel like was very unique to the area. And it was kind of a cool story. And then it's like your two options are something very cool and environmentally friendly and unique to the area or something that has been done in three other iterations of the amazing race so far, like basically an international switchback. Yeah. John, you know, said it was like a legendary attraction, legend, (laughs) legendary task. Of course he would not refer to the other shows. Those don't exist. Those are not Canada's, Sure, those are their own thing. But um, to go back to what you said about kelp, but yeah, it was one of those things where it seemed interesting, and they got to kind of have this cool experience. And I mean, Kayleen has a kelp tattoo, Jess. Can you believe it? Like this is Kayleen's leg. <laughs> what are the odds? But really, I mean, if you think about it from a race design perspective, though, because my first thought was, you know, we've talked about uneven detours. My first thought was the sandcastle is way hard. You don't want to go anywhere near that. However. It might be hard because really the thing about it is, is the kelp, you have to ride in a boat 20 minutes each way. So that 40 minutes offsets whatever, in theory, I mean, Durfel, uh, Durfel basically did the work for Jermaine and Justin, essentially. But you basically, you're assuming, okay, the task might take an hour. Maybe it takes an hour the other way. But the one seemed interesting, but really all we saw was they're in a boat. They're like, we're getting kelp. They didn't know how much to get to. They put so much kelp in those boats. They're just like, <laughs> give us all of it. We're not going back, which the show maybe thought someone would underdo it and have to go back and that could hurt them. But it was mostly about time in a boat versus what they expected was time digging the castles unless you're Jermaine and Justin. This is another instance of watching a lot of Amazing Race could really hurt you here because you would look at that and say, I am not going anywhere near those sandcastles. I've seen what that does to people. I would do literally anything over and above those sandcastles. And it turns out that no surprise, the sandcastles are the easier thing. Yeah. If Durple, you know, they did their rock, paper, scissors and Jess Paul was, they're going to leave. If they had left, they would have been eliminated because they at least, okay. If I believe the edit and where they were located, because Gracie and Lily were already at the other task, according to the edit, Durbel would have had to go to that task. And that's the thing. There's really no way to make the kelp faster. You right. know, you've got to ride in the boat. So if they, they're watching that and I was like, this doesn't feel like the edit where they get eliminated. I don't really sense that. And then when Jermaine and Justin chose by sand, I went, okay, they're getting eliminated. And then they didn't. It was that, but actually I like, I do like that because it did introduce what could have been really obvious Gracie and Lily elimination. It did introduce a lot of doubt, which made for some fun and interesting. Yeah, and the, the, it had to be, like, if that's really how it was, it had to be a pretty tight leg overall. Because Gracie and Lily being at the detour at the same time as Durple meant that they weren't sitting there for six hours at the pass. Right. So it's, maybe it it's was like a half say. hour. Maybe yeah. it wasn't as much like the edit. The edit could make it seem like Justin was out there forever. 
Maybe Justin was in the water for 15 minutes and went, I can't do this. And you ran like, I'm in. But the show made it feel long. Like yeah. they just seemed, his frustration made it seem like they'd been there long. Yeah. And you, you know how they play with time on the, on the show. Like the editors want to play with time in that way. It could have taken, could have taken five minutes. It could have taken five hours. And we're never going to know for sure. But I have to give props to Jermaine and Justin on this front because that was like some out of the box, like emergent strategy for the sandcastles. And that is a point where you can tell they've seen the show because they've thought about it. And that is something that now I think they might've broken it forever. Like, I don't think they can do the sandcastle task in another version of the amazing race because now we know how to beat it. <laughs> well, maybe just Durple. Maybe they were just really bad at making their sandcastles. Like if someone was really good at the sandcastles, they would know. But they looked at it and they were like, man, Derek and Jess Paul were just really bad at these sandcastles. We know these are, the, and they were there also, they were there for like an hour and 20 minutes. So maybe let's say there was 400. Maybe they did 100 or more and they look and, they, and also you figure there's going to be in theory seven of them. So they look and they're like, there's only three in this row of 100 and something that haven't been done. Okay, let's do it. But still, you can easily see with a team being near last and being stressed out, a lot of teams would just wouldn't even think about it. They would just go to the new area and start digging. But that was really smart. And we've seen that multiple times where they seem to be in trouble and they kind of think through it. And they, that, that's how they've been in the, you know, doing well in certain lakes for that reason. Yeah, it was... It was definitely an impressive showing, but I think that was something that I highlighted. So, okay, a little bit of a brief history of the Sandcastle task, because we did our research here. So the first time we see this Sandcastle task is in Bora Bora in the Amazing Race Season 22 premiere. And I think that one was also harder because it was at the very end of the leg and it was a hundred degrees out and people were just like out in the sun and the sun was getting to them. I don't know what the weather was like in Tofino on this day, but I'm going to guess it was probably not a hundred degrees like it was, you know, in Bora Bora in the middle of their summer. Um, so I think maybe in that respect, it was also a little bit easier um, but that one very famously had the first instance of three teams deciding to quit collectively and then sprint it out at the very end. Some kind of strategic penalty taking we hadn't seen on the Amazing Race probably since the Boston Rob days. Um, but then it was resurrected again in Amazing Race Philippines. They also did this task and they also had the little as a bonus. They had these little plastic flags that you had to stick in the top of the sandcastle after you were done rebuilding it. Um, and then most recently in Amazing Race Australia season six, um, which was the most recent season that had that aired, the one with all of the bonkers stuff that happened, um, there was an instance of this task on the very final leg. And I think it works really well as a final leg task, um, as opposed to one where you have 11 teams kind of running roughshod over the whole course. I think it makes it a much harder task to have to have only three teams there at the end. So I think they've done it in several different ways. I'd like to do a study now. I want to go back and watch them all and decide like, is this even the same task? 
if the number of teams is so wildly different, if the weather conditions are, are so wildly different. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting because, um, yeah, I looked at this again. I did not look at this particular beach, but average temperatures. I know we're in like late April at this point, I believe, possibly early May when they were shooting. April average temperatures in Tofino, British Columbia, high 53, low 40 degrees Fahrenheit. So that's pretty chilly. That's a <laughs> you know? different. It looks like it was a nicer day. Like you see, yeah. you see the teams out in shirt sleeves, but they also they're in their jackets when they're not directly on the beach. So I would guess it's probably like low 60s. Yeah. It's not as bad as like that one beach day they had in the um in the Magdalena Islands where they were um where they were freezing and you had the team entirely quit the race because <laughs> the because the one girl was so cold from being buried in the sand. I don't think it was Oh yes. I don't think Neil it was Kristen. that level. Yeah, um that was Kristen. That was that was season three, one we always yeah. we always love to talk about in terms of just craziness. So here's the interesting thing about season twenty two. That's what I was thinking, that's why I wanted to check it. The second it was a roadblock in season yeah. two. Yeah. Oh, so that even changes it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a premiere and there were two roadblocks. Um, this is the segment called Dan Reed's Wikipedia. But two roadblocks were basically they did one and then the person who didn't do it was forced to do it the other way. So it was 400 sandcastles to find a clue and they had to rebuild it. It was exactly the same number of sandcastles, too. But yeah, it took place in French Polynesia. Like, you know, so it's, I remember it. The, one of the reasons the teams quit is they were all just hot as can be. Where I, I didn't see that here because I would, Derek and Jasper, even after doing all that, granted, it wasn't as long. The other time was many hours. This was like an hour, a little over an hour, but still it was, you know, it was a long time. And, um, but it was a roadblock. And that's the thing where if you have a case where it's like, here they both seem fine, but a Jermaine and Justin like team could get in trouble here. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I'm guessing that I, I'm guessing that Amazing Race Canada had to be thinking about season 22 pretty hard when they put this task in there, especially if they're trying not to make people quit tasks. This is not a task you want to put in there. So I think they probably set it up in a detour kind of way so that like you don't see people quitting detours because you can always just go do the other thing and it's invariably going to take you less time than it would to actually just wait out a six-hour penalty yeah that's that's the case because you know the last thing they want is is people just sitting on the beach miserable going no i don't want to do it we're here you never really saw that we're even um and i wonder about the editing too because um Team Durfel didn't seem that concerned. But again, they had no idea where the other teams were. But, um, you know, them thinking about switching at least was interesting versus them thinking, should we take a penalty? Which, um, like John said, no more penalties. Right. No more penalties. So put one of the most famous penalty tasks in Amazing <laughs> Race history on your on your race. Next up, hay bales. Let's do it. <laughs> hay bales and then you have to eat four pounds of meat yeah so should we move on now to the roadblock that um which yes. was very cool i like aforementioned it. roadblock such yeah. a great such a great local thing very very yeah. fun um and it looked like it was challenging enough 
that teams could be there for a while, but not so impossible that teams were not going to be able to get it with a little bit of practice. I really appreciated when teams, you know, of course, because it says it's dancing and you've got Anwar like, I'm the best dancer ever. I know how to teach. And, you know, same with Amanda, like, oh, I know how to do this. And both of them get there, especially Anwar. And he's like, well, this is not dancing. This is not what I had in mind. You call it dancing. I'm like upside down. But it was one of those things. I liked that they had the music cue when they were doing it. And it was very calming. And then they'd mess up and it would switch. And it'd be like they were. <laughs> I, that stuff was fun. Um, you know, the editors are having fun this week. There was one moment earlier. This is to do with this where, where I think um, Jermaine mentioned we were going to have to climb a ladder. Or someone mentioned that. And then they cut to someone going up a ladder. And I was like, oh, amazing race editors. You're really on fire here. But back to this one. It's just, um, like you said, one team took 11 tries. Some people got it on one, but it's like perfectly set up where if you're really good, like, you know, or if you're just someone who's good at everything, like, like cat, like they just seem to do anything you could do quickly. And also the assist, like we mentioned, which was utilized by two teams. So I think all the elements worked out where even you have someone like Tyler, where I went, oh my gosh, is he going to be able to do this? Use the assist that helped, but a variety of different types of people were able to complete it. And they also seem to be kind of enjoying it. It wasn't like painful for the most part. I don't know if they'd say that, but it was kind of something cool that you, you just can't do that every day. I would even justify to say it might be amazing. Yeah. Like a little bit more amazing in your amazing race. <laughs> I can deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's our last task before we get to the pit stop. And um. Yeah, really disappointing to see Gracie and Lily go out in this spot where you don't have any more female teams in the race. Um, and I thought for sure they were a lock to make the finals. So it was a good pick, Dan, and I'm sorry that it ended up this way. It was all the pass. Now, I, um, you know, they, they did all those things where it's like, oh, no, Jermaine and Justin can't find their keys. Oh, where's the map? We can't find this. I was like, I'm not fooled. I'm sad. I was kind of hoping, though. I had this hope. I was like, well, maybe. Again, I don't want Jermaine Justin Hillman either, but I'm like, well, maybe. Maybe they're just never going to find their keys. Maybe that's <laughs> going to be a thing. Maybe they're going to get lost. Maybe but, they drop you know, them in the water and they need Kayleen <laughs> to go after them. No, no. But uh, <laughs> Kayleen, we need you for the keys. I've already checked in. I don't care. We need our keys. But really, it was sad. I also, I, I suspected they wouldn't do another non-elimination two episodes later. But I thought maybe, it I just, the edit made it, didn't make it seem that way. Now, it makes me wonder though, Jess. Um, not because I did want to say, Gracie and Lily, I really thought they were going to do well. I liked the way they approached it. I even liked the way they approached when they exited. They, you know, they, they took it in stride. They seemed to have a good friendship. But looking at next week now, with us having our six teams and our three express passes, the fact this wasn't a non-elimination, are all those express passes just going to be used and then it's going to be a non-elimination anyway? That feels pretty likely next week. Yeah, that's that's my guess. I was guessing like we didn't see a non-elimination this week. I'm I'm guessing we're going to get one next week and it's very possible that it'll be like this mad scramble with everybody burning their express passes and then it turning out to be non-elimination. That'd be kind of cheap, but also kind of fun. 
Yeah, it's still going to be fun, I think, because there's all about the when do we use it and what are the tasks? Because like we've said, this they have so many tasks where you could see a team trying to use it right away and then it doesn't help. They can see Ty and Cat being like, we don't even need to use it. We're going to finish first anyway or something. I mean, they wouldn't do that. They're not going to be mean, but you know what I mean? You know, it's just um, mean isn't the right word. Show-offs. Show-offs, that's the word we want to use there. That they are, They're not really show-offs, but um, it's going to be interesting. I think overall, though, um, I was really sad to see Gracie and Lily go, but I do feel like it still almost made the episode better that they went out. Like if Jermaine and Justin had just flamed out, I mean, just done terrible, just not been able to catch up. Like just, just, it would have been kind of a lackluster episode at the end, even with the good tests. So unfortunately losing a team that I enjoyed and that felt sad, like that's one of the really good seasons of a show, like the amazing race or survivor or whatever. You feel the eliminations. Teams get eliminated. You're like, oh no! If it's all predictable, it's boring. You the yeah. teams you like sometimes get eliminated early, and it's sad, unfortunately. Yeah, you need to have that. You need to be emotionally invested in that. You can't just. There have been so many amazing race seasons where we've looked at it and been like, cannon fodder, cannon fodder, cannon fodder, finalist, 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 and we've been right the whole time, and it hasn't been fun. So this, at least, this is a little bit of the element of surprise, even if it was kind of a cheap way for them to go out. Yeah, like when Devin and Amanda make the finals, we're going to be like, we didn't expect that. You know, he's over there going, let's go, we're doing it. And it's like, whoa, hey, you know, um, but you look at it and now I look at the top six and I'm like, well, after this happened, you could say, oh, the final three is Derek and Jesswell, Ty and Kat, Tom and Kayleen. Probably two of those teams are there. Are all three going to be there? I don't know. We'll see. I think I think we'll be surprised, Dan. And you know what? Boys are going to be egg on our face if Devin and Amanda end up winning the whole thing. <laughs> I'm kind of rooting for that to be the outcome now. I, I think I said that in the first episode. Like, well, now they're going to win. Because yeah, like we really, we really missed the boat on that one. Really I blame the editors. <laughs> yeah, really. They're underselling Devin and Amanda, but we've seen enough of them that it's plausible. Like Ben and Anwar. I keep forgetting they're there. Yeah. I'm sure they're great guys. I'm sure there's a reason they were cast, but they're not getting enough of an edit for me to feel like they're plausible winners. Yeah. If I had to read the edit and they've done it, the show has done a pretty good job of editing most teams, but they have got, they have been the least edited. And especially even when we see them like this week where they were just saying, got to get on the podium, got to get on the podium. And I'm like, I'm sorry, guys. I mean, that's interesting. You know, I want you to get on the podium. But it's like that's we work with Devin and Amanda, especially that we're getting their like their stories of who they are in real like in life and everything. Mm-hmm. And when you're seeing that, even with Ty and Cat, with you know, he's talking about, you know, being on the hockey team and everything. I mean, we we haven't seen that with Derek and Jess Paul, but you know, we're seeing a lot of other things with them. So, yeah, we're you seeing know, plenty. <laughs> I don't need any more Derek and Jess Paul at this juncture. I'm good, thanks. Yeah. And we're learning about Tyler and Kaylee, both of them, which I think is good because Tyler has the interesting story, but we saw a lot of her this week, which is interesting. So I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. It doesn't mean better than anyone don't make it, but um, if we just read the edit, you know, and they don't have the underdog vibe of even Jermaine and Justin, like they're right. still here. The fat lady has, you know, that thing. So, um, so yeah, we'll see. It doesn't mean they're out next week. It just means for some reason the show, you know, they'll probably start the next week of the five minute segment. I don't know. Well, if they if they do, then that's going to be the week they get eliminated. Like <laughs> yeah. that's when we're going to learn. So we're going to get our Ben and Anwar info dump is the week they get eliminated, which probably will be next week. Next week they'll use their express pass. They'll be feeling really good, and then it'll be non-elimination, and then, and yep. then we'll see. I guess. Yeah, but I guess um, so. 
But yeah, fun episode. I enjoyed yeah. this. I had one more point I wanted to make, Dan. When we did the diving task, and it wasn't just Kayleen, it was several people said, I'm dive certified. I've been diving a lot. I love being in the water. I'm like, what a far cry this is from earlier seasons of Amazing Race Canada, <laughs> where people were afraid of getting wet. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're afraid of water and stuff. You know, this is, yeah, it's, we've got some people that are very capable and have a lot of different skills. Now, personally, I'm a good swimmer, but I am not dive certified. Like I was, I, I was a competitive swimmer in high school and stuff, but I've never scuba dived. That would probably frighten me. Norkel, that's what some people did. So, you know, I can yeah. do that well enough, but I'd probably be, be a little freaked out by this. It so, was um, low visibility. It looked challenging. Yeah. It looked tricky. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would ready to quit, but just the point is we've got some capable teams here that, um, can do a lot of things. And, um, as long as they're not so capable, that's when it gets boring, but I think we got a good mix here. Yeah, we don't have any Amazing Race game bots in it, so I'm happy. Um, so sh- let's get some questions. We got a few questions from the listeners. Uh, we post a thread on Facebook and Twitter every week after the episode airs, and we get some good we get some good input. Um, we have one from a gentleman called the Dan Heaton who says, "Why is the past the worst thing ever invented?" <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's, um, Dan, let me tell you, <laughs> you need to go back about 20 minutes in the podcast, but no, seriously, I just, I am being results oriented, but I also, I hate it when teams, when the, sh- when things that are out of their control, just kind of take the game out of their hands. But in a way, when the show introduces things like a U-turn and a pass and everything else, something like this is bound to happen. I just, you know, I don't know who I wish it would have happened to this season. There's no one I'm like. Please let this happen to them. But yeah, uh, Amazing Race producers, you uh, you need to make some tweaks here. That's all I'll say. Um, I don't want to overdo it and answer my own question for 20 minutes, so I will stop now. But yes, don't love the past. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> well, let me ask you one now okay. um, here. So, um, well, here's something that was brought up multiple people. Jeffrey Kay said the whole leg was basically dry back and forth between ukulele and Tofino. And then Lynn said, was this one of the weirdest design legs in Amazing Race Canada history? I'm not sure about that. We've had some weird design legs. I will say. I get the Amazing Race wants chaos and who doesn't love self-driving tasks? It seems odd to have one task to go back to the original starting point. That is one task and go back. So I did not, I'm curious. I probably should have gotten out like the map and mapped this out and seen how much back and forth it is, but it must be something if that's what people are zoning in on here. Yeah, I'm I'm opening the map now because now I want to know. It's really like there's like a little peninsula that juts out here. And um Euclid is on the end of the peninsula and then Tofino is like a little bit further up the beach. Yeah, that it is it, it is weird. It's like it's kind of shaped like I'm, I'm I'm zooming further out because I want to know like contextually this it's like a few miles for sure, um, but so it's basically like there's this little nubbin and it's got there's a there's a little nubbiny part on each end of this thing and Tofino is on one end and Euclid is on the other end, and it looks like that is like you are on this highway four back and forth quite a bit and I think. 
that is an interesting point geography wise that they had to keep going back and forth between these two little towns um and it's not an in it's not an inconsequential amount of distance that they're covering yeah there was one point on the show where they it was like where they were going was like 34 miles away which doesn't sound that far but in plenty of amazing race tasks where they've never gone or see yeah episodes says, they haven't gone that far you know yeah for our canadian listeners it says it is 40 kilometers and it's about a 35 minute drive from between the two towns yeah because they went to hotel Z in tofino mm-hmm. Then went and did the ice, the beach in Eucalypt, then went back to Tofino. And that's where the pass was at Taco Fino, which makes sense that is in Tofino. And um, then went to the beach and the beach and then Long Beach. Um, yeah. So interesting. My only, interesting thought, yeah. my only thought is I don't know how big these two towns are, but it is possible that they needed to put them in a hotel that night and maybe I'm guessing Tofino probably had more in terms of hotels, including a place where they could get promotional consideration and even incorporate a couple of mini tasks. I do not know that, that the same would be true of both towns. It's interesting. I wonder if they just went back to the Hotel Z again and just stayed there again. Like they all had their rooms and they went and they did all this. Then they were like, okay, we're going, <laughs> going back to the room. You know, and, why not? Um, Long Beach, 11 minute drive from Hotel Z, 12 kilometers. And again, I don't know where exactly. Long Beach is pretty long. It's, so. Yeah, it's right in the middle here. <laughs> yeah, it's so like where it the is. Was. Yeah. Long Beach is like literally right in the middle between the two towns. Yeah, so I think, um, I mean, when there, I do appreciate something we haven't talked about much this season, which was brought up, is that because of the Chevrolet sponsorship, they are doing mostly all self-driving. And, you know, that is one thing. We haven't seen a lot of teams getting lost a lot, but obviously it played a role this week, missing a turn. But that is an extra skill that they are having to do week to week to week, as opposed to if you were going to a lot more different areas, like bigger cities where you'd be doing caps. Yeah. I mean, I'm eyeballing this and it looks like about the same amount of distance between Seattle and Tacoma for what it's so pretty significant. I mean, it's yeah, not that's, like, that's significant. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going down the beach and stuff. I will say there were some very pretty shots too. I mean, this is again, what we are seeing British Columbia, not an ugly place to visit. There's, no, there's a, lot of, a lot of good things to see there. <laughs> I don't hate British Columbia. That's for sure. Um, I honestly, I I was a little skeptical given that we have been to this exact beach before on Amazing Race Canada, but clearly there's plenty more that we can be doing. Um, Before I know we have, but I also wanted to mention um, with Tyler and Kaylee's win that John kind of found a new pronunciation for New Orleans there. It was like totally one word. It wasn't even the like, you know, like, you know, like with no, it was he threw it into one word. And I think even her second title was like, oh, New Orleans. Yes, I didn't understand what John said. And, and, you know, John Montgomery and I are the same age and we grew up about 300 miles from each other. And yet, and yet (laughs) his speech patterns are very, very specifically from the region (laughs) he's from. I have to say, John, too, I saw so much of because Desjardins commercials were really hitting. John 
is like doing his whole thing. Yep. And I saw the same commercial with him and this fish and then oh, yeah. the chocolate like 10 times. So I know you probably Kennedy, you're watching it different. You're not seeing this, but if you're watching it on CTV, a lot of John Montgomery this week, Jess. Yeah. The one with the, the one with the chocolate is also like the sound mixing is super off on that one. And so it is extremely jarring to go from the like very professionally sound designed Amazing Race Canada to this like somebody's recording the audio on their iPhone in the middle of this chocolate factory. Um, just a little note for the good people at Desjardins. I also got the same French language M&M's commercial about 50 times. Oh, nice. All right. Well, I did want to bring this up. This is a question from Addison Mueller on Facebook. It's actually more about what we talked about last week, but it was, again, about speed bumps. And um, basically, the thought is, and the question, the, the ideal way to deal with speed bumps would be, instead of an extra task, we kind of talked about this a bit, but have it be the opposite of the assist. So we see where the assist, they're having to do, like, for example, 10 moves, and they have to do five, or I think it was nine moves tonight. Make them do double that. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know if it would have worked with the dancing, but in general, do you like that idea? We kind of talked about it with both teams in the roadblock, but I hadn't thought of it in terms of quantity that you could make them do something that takes even longer and could, and then it allows them to be among other teams and the show doesn't have to pay for a really cheap ice cream with the tarantula test. Well, Dan, it will interest you to know that this exists in some foreign versions of The Amazing Race. Um, not as a speed bump per se, but there is... Amazing Race Norway, notably, there is something called a handicap where it is basically maybe this is what we do instead of a pass where you can choose to give someone an extra piece to any task that they have to complete. And, it, you know, it only shows up on a couple of specific tasks, but it's like, for instance, the one that they've done several times, like anytime they go to India where they have the task where they have to make the fuel out of the cow patties there. There was a handicap on that one where like most people had to make 50 and one team had to make 75. And I think I do like the monkeying with the task, making it a little bit harder, making it a little bit easier, even better. If you've got a speed bump and you show up and your task is just a little bit harder than everybody else's. You could use your assist and nerf it back <laughs> to the normal level of hard. I like it. It adds more layers. And then we can just say Desjardins assist more times. You know, that's mm-hmm. always fun for the sponsors. They actually do this on, on the challenge all-star season three. They had a sabotage where someone could make someone do something extra at the start of it. If they did well, there are ways to do this that are that, I mean, not to make it too nasty, but that are simpler than, Let's find something really lame that could take five minutes of the show. So yeah, yes, like, I like let's it. just make people sit around ineffectually twiddling their thumbs. Um, you know, you could even make the past more interesting. Like for every ten minutes you're there, you have to chug a guru or eat a taco. Like, <laughs> oh, what if what you have another... to eat a t- What if you have to eat fifteen tacos while you're waiting for the next team to show up? I, I you know, the thing about chugging the guru, I could just see it being like. It seems like a good thing with a sponsor, and then people like have to throw up or something. Yeah. It's like, oh, this isn't so good for the guru. Or oh, throwing up green tea and so- <laughs> <laughs> green tea and stevia everywhere. Taco Fino's like, you know, we want people to get our tacos. We don't want people to show people throwing up after they eat fifty of them. But I do like the idea, though. 
Well, look, Derpel wasn't doing Taco Fino any favors by keeping the taco in their car all afternoon. <laughs> they just did that because they wanted they wanted it to be funny when they went to the pit stop and they were like, we love third. And we we're going to was just like, guys, one, you're not happy about third. Don't act like you would. But also it was just a big gag to, to be funny, which granted, I don't mind sometimes when people do things to be funny. But guys, I think you're 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 hitting the limit here. Yeah, you know, even even Team Giver would be like, you know, you guys need to dial back. <laughs> Take a week off. I don't know. Um, do we have other questions that you think we should answer? Um, I don't see anything that we really need to call out, but I wanted to give th- give a thank you to everybody that did submit questions because it really does help us drive our conversation. And hopefully we got to every topic that needed to be discussed. And every week we are posting a thread. Well, Dan is posting a thread because Dan cares more. Um, And we love to hear your thoughts on the episode and we want to get your feedback and have some questions to help us shape the discourse. So we really appreciate when you do communicate with us and especially like even any feedback you want to give us about the podcast itself. We're here for that too. We love it. Um, Anything else we need to touch on about this episode before we put it to bed, Dan? No, I was relieved kind of that I was enjoying it more. And I think, um, I hope that this is like a course correction where, I mean, the show obviously plans themselves in advance. This isn't like they, but it just seemed like the stakes felt higher. And I think might, that this might be like we talked about your teams, good teams. You're going to have that. And, um, excited to see them go to Ontario. They're leaving British Columbia. They can do it. Yes. There's more to Canada than British Columbia, although British Columbia is pretty boss. Yes, I'm excited. Yeah. So what else is going on for you this week, Dan? Well, you know, I have a show I do. Everyone's probably heard about it by now called the Tomorrow Society Podcast. It is a show about theme parks where I interview people that have worked behind the scenes and other experts and no new show this week, but I have some fun ones coming up that are going to be really cool about a lot of attractions that we know at walt disney world and other places so you can check that out at any podcast provider that you enjoy or at tomorrowsociety.com excellent dan and over on my on my end um i'm going to be talking to mike bloom about star trek strange new worlds this week is the musical episode we're pretty stoked for that and of course we put we put tough as nails to bed crowned a new tough as nails champion and talked about all things tough as nails slash phil kogan Mike Bloom and Rob Sesternino and I did that earlier in the week, and you can find that in your feeds as well. Um, and of course, anything you want to see scripted or unscripted somewhere on the post-show recap slash Rob has a podcast network, you will probably find coverage of that show because we're just that good. And there's plenty going on. Um, we'd love to hear from you. If you want to get at us on social media, you can get at us on the Twitter until Twitter dies a terrible death. And no, I'm not going to call it X. No, uh, don't can, do that. You can tweet at us. You may not zed at us, but you may tweet at us at um, Haymaker Hattie and at the Dan Heaton. And of course, again, we always love hearing from you. And once again, I want to thank all the listeners. Thank you, Dan, for in for taking this all in with me. There's nobody else I'd I'd rather be doing this with. Um, we're having a great time, and I hope all the listeners are also having a good time. We appreciate you all, and thanks, of course, to Scott Saint Pierre and all the team behind the scenes at Robin's Podcast. And take care, everybody. We'll see you next week. 